This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Absolutely thrilled today to get to visit with Change Healthcare and Laura Anderson. Laura is a Senior Vice President of Revenue Cycle Management, Product Management. Uh, we're going to talk today about revenue cycle innovations, about transparency, and a lot more. Laura is a remarkable leader. Laura, do you want to take a moment just to introduce yourself and tell us just a bit about change management, and then we'll dive into revenue cycle? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Scott. Um, very happy to be talking with you today. Change Healthcare is a revenue cycle management company that's been around for quite some time. And I joined the company about a year and a half ago and feel like really honored and blessed to be able to lead the team in transforming revenue cycle uh, management technology. And, and take a moment, Laura, start us off with what are some of the big challenges that health systems are facing on revenue cycle today? What are some of the big issues they have to address? Yeah, sure. And for those of you listening, this this really should come as no surprise, but you know, where we are today, payment collection and billing is still a major issue and on the minds for revenue cycle management leaders. Um, I was reading an article recently that says that 68% of patients are still not able to pay their entire medical bill up front for a myriad of reasons. So, you know, at the end of the day, getting those payments um, and being able to bill for them is, is a huge challenge, followed by or in addition to accounts receivable and claims management. And really, those go hand in hand. And in that same article I was reading, and this sort of shocked me, given the fact that you know we're in 2021, 31% uh, of hospitals still manage their claims manually. So like, think about what I just said. So there's still a lot of um, room for improvement and challenges that hospitals have because um, they're not able to take advantage of automation for whatever reason. And then lastly, when I was thinking about this, uh, lack of staff training and education, and I think it's become more pervasive with the pandemic, given the fact that um, a lot of the staff, whether they're in the front office or the back office, um, these hospitals are competing with retail, the retail market, such as Walmart for uh, higher hourly wages. It's very competitive out there. So educating staff, front office, on how to work with back office and vice versa has also become a pervasive problem, which leads to increasing what I just said about AR billing, claim management, and payment collection. So, Laura, that's remarkable that 30, 40% of hospitals are still doing so much of this manually. And, 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 and talk about, and obviously the staffing challenges are just incredibly challenging today. What are some of the hospitals and systems doing to try and address some of these challenges? And, and, and what's working? What are they doing that's working? Well, let's start with the 31% hospitals still manage their claims manually. So, it goes without saying that in order to be able to tackle that, it's what do you want to do to automate that? So, you know, obviously a lot of the hospitals are up on EMRs, but we also know that's really expensive. So what I've seen is hospitals are starting to think about what they can do with smaller niche vendors who specialize in AR and claims management um, and, and going from that manual process to using some sort of automation. I've also seen hospitals, believe it or not, just start off with something as simple as 
using Excel and capturing it at a spreadsheet and following up with that. So I would encourage for, for anybody out there that's still, you know, manual for whatever reason, you know, think about what you need to do from a budgeting perspective to incorporate some sort of automation. And it doesn't have to be a large investment, but just to, you know, crawl before you walk, before you run, start slowly with that automation. And as far as payment collection and billing, that's a really great way to start thinking about what is your patient engagement strategy? Because payment collection is about engaging your patients. When I've worked with uh, some consulting companies in the past, just getting some advice on you know, putting the patient in the center and whatnot. And you know, it goes without saying, patients, us, consumers, are the third largest payer in the country. We know that. What is also really interesting and fascinating to me is that you know, it's not like it's my parents' generation that people were totally loyal to their physician and whatever the doctor said went. Today, patients, consumers, are becoming more educated and thinking about what do I need to do to not only pay my bill, but where am I going to get the best price? So where I'm going with this is um, a recent survey this summer said that one in three patients if they have a better experience with their provider or their hospital, they will stay there. If they don't, they will seek another doctor or, or hospital. So the way to increase payment collections, the way to make sure that these facilities are getting paid is to engage your patients and make them feel like they're being well taken care of. I mean, it's sort of, I, I feel like I'm saying this common sense, but it's, Increase loyalty, increases stickiness, and reduces leakage. Well, and, and, and sure helps. And the easier you make the communication and how you handle this with patients, the better off all those things go. Laura, take a moment on price transparency. Obviously, the government had passed regulations. CMS had to require price transparency. This has not gone as well as expected. Give us some of your observations, and, 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 and what do you see there? Well, I think that, well, it goes without saying that, of course, people are distracted with what's going on with the pandemic. And, you know, for anybody to think that hospitals are recovering from um, a billing perspective, I would say, or even, you know, that they're back to normal, that's, that's not an accurate statement by any stretch of the means. But putting that, but putting that aside, um, something like only 10% of patients across the nation are aware of the prices or their treatments, and why is that? It's because right now the fines are, I think it's like $300 a day that they're fined if they don't adopt this. That's a drop in the bucket for well-funded hospitals, and, and frankly, they've got bigger fish to fry um, associated with you know, generating revenue, dealing with COVID, things of that nature. The other thing that I've heard from some of the customers uh, that I've talked with or some of my colleagues who are chief medical officers, CIOs, CFOs, et cetera, is that they're concerned that by adopting the, the price transparency mandate that they're going to expose the payer negotiated rates and that that worries them or concerns them that they are at risk for losing contracts with payers. 
So what I think we're going to see happen is, you know, CMS is either going to increase the prices, they're going to have to be, I think, more flexible in the way that some of the hospitals um, are exposing the prices. Like I, I saw a hospital where literally they took an Excel file of their charge master and posted it on their website. And that's what they're like, okay, well, we're compliant. Really, I think that's why there's a lack of uh, adoption right now. No, it's, it certainly is an evolution. And you're certainly right that even where it's been disclosed, it's hard to figure out, it's hard to make sense of and so forth. And, and hospitals are concerned about disclosing some of their prices and having payers come renegotiate with them and so forth. Well, you said a moment ago, it's fascinating too, that after probably the government, Medicare, Medicaid and commercial payers, People, individuals are the third biggest payer, and that's a fascinating stat as well. Talk a little bit more about consumerism and what parts of the revenue cycle are most able to be affected, to be changed, to make price transparency and consumerism sort of a better experience for patients. What can be done in revenue cycle to improve consumerism and, and make it easier for patients? Yeah, I think it's the front end or what we traditionally, you know, from an RCM perspective call the front end, you know, which were about these pre-visit um, patient engagement. You know, I've, I think a, a lot about this and that, you know, we know that healthcare is behind a lot of behind the time uh, in a lot of industries. And, and I was joking with somebody the other day. I was like, hey, how many times do you go to a restaurant and they ask you if you have peanut allergies eight times? Or have you ever been to a restaurant and they give you a menu and there's no prices and you ask for a menu with prices and they look at you like, what? Like you've got two heads. So I'm making the analogy here of it. I think it starts with seamless technology and trying to integrate, you know, you can do price transparency, um, by marrying that with eligibility, by marrying it with scheduling, by marrying it with referrals. I mean, we've been talking as an industry from a healthcare IT perspective for years about how do we make ourselves more like, you know, Expedia.com or like the restaurant industry, or I hear the Amazon analogy all the time. You and I both know it's not that simple, but you got to crawl before you walk. So I think if we took something that's like everybody's doing in revenue cycle management, eligibility, you know, clearinghouse transactions, marrying that with, you know, basic price transparency files and trying to like put ourselves in the shoes of a patient, I think that is going to at least get us a step forward. So really at the end of the day, we know it's complex, we know it's hard, but how do we simplify it and try and break it down and make it easy? Thank you very much. And we, and we know that across different systems, they are making progress, somewhat less so than others. You know, from and, and the beauty of healthcare is we're all consumers as well as in this sort of arena and industry. So we all sort of see it where, where people are getting a little bit better at it, where systems are getting a little bit better at it, and where they're not. But thank you very, very much. And, and talk a little bit about innovation and technology and some of the other big questions that revenue cycle leaders still need to answer. And, and what role does innovation technology play in starting to answer some of these things? How, do, how does that help advance the cause? Yeah, so I think that uh, revenue cycle leaders are still very focused on uh, 
you know, it goes without saying revenue integrity. And at the end of the day, I think using RPA, AI, machine learning, whatever we can do, and it's not about replacing human beings, it's about making work for, for human beings easier. So what are the menial tasks that we've been doing traditionally and mostly on the back office for years that we could automate either through screen scraping, AKA RPA, um, machine learning and AI. And there's a lot of really like great thought leaders out there right now from a, an AI perspective, particularly in RCM and you know, really interested in seeing some of the things that they're doing. Simple, something as simple as like, automating the follow-up process, automating, you know, the post-visit communication, um, closed loop communication with how was your visit, do you need help paying your bill, things of that nature, and taking more advantage of like bots and things like that. So the challenge is, you know, you want to continue to make it personable, but I think that there's so much room for people to take advantage of that and do some really amazing things to uh, revo revolutionize revenue cycle management as we know it today. No, it, it, it really, really is helpful. And some of these communication techniques, they seem so simple, but even getting a text message for a reminder for a doctor's appointment on Friday, so much easier than playing phone tag with the person at the doctor's office to figure out whether the, the appointment's ready or not. And the same thing on a lot of follow-up on the billing and so forth and so on. Laura, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us. Uh, Change Healthcare is an absolute leader in this field, in this area. Just a pleasure to visit with you. A pleasure to visit with Change Healthcare always. Thank you very much for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast today. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me.